0: We all have one, and it's pretty slam-dunk that it's one of the first things we use when we enter the world. We use it for communication, it greases our social lives, and a huge percentage of us use it as an integral part of our working day. That's Karis Matthews. What is she talking about? This is a voice a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher This is a voice Hello and welcome to This is a Voice Golden Nuggets Series 4 Episode 11 World Voice Day Special
1: And the theme for World Voice Day in 2022 is Lift Your Voice
0: Now we have a quote for you We all have one and it's pretty slam dunk that it's one of the first things we use when we enter the world We use it for communication, it greases our social lives, and a huge percentage of us use it as an integral part of our working day. That's Keris Matthews. What is she talking about? She's talking about voice in general, and it came from the introduction for the book, This Is Voice, in which we wrote 99 exercises, and we'll tell you about that later.
1: And we're going to be talking a bit about this book today and reading some of the inspiring content of it, actually.
0: And also we asked people what their favourite exercises Mm. were in the book. And we've got so many um, excerpts and so many things to share with you on that. We had a lovely email recently from a colleague who was using This Is A Voice, uh, the book, in researching how to introduce beatboxing to Mm -hmm. students. Now, for those of you who don't know, the book contains a whole load of voice exercises, but in different areas. So we start with warm-ups and then we've got exercises for speaking voice, Mm -hmm. exercises for classical singing voice, contemporary singing voice, mimicry speaking voice, speeches, beatboxing, ventriloquism. There are all sorts of things in the book.
1: Yeah, and we've also got uh, sequences so that, for instance, if someone is um, preparing to do a speech for um, a wedding or something like that, how they might prepare for it, if somebody's getting ready for an audition, if somebody is doing voiceover, uh, so that, you know, people have kind of steps that they can go through.
0: It's a real celebration of voice.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, the whole, you know, I know this was 2016 in the UK, wasn't it? The whole exhibition by The Welcome, This is a Voice, was a total celebration of all things voice. And then it went later to Australia, Australia, didn't it? it Didn't it go to Sydney? It did. And we were just so inspired by that title. And to be honest, we were really honoured To be asked by the welcome. We were commissioned by the welcome to write this book. Yes. And it had its challenges, but it had many, many joys too. I want to go back to the
0: foreword that Keris gave for us. Oh, yes. I mean, we went on her show later on, and I think those recordings are still available. Mm. We had so much fun on that show. And in fact, we've been on her latest show Mm. since.
1: Can I read this one? Yeah. When I sit headphones on programming my radio show, I'm always struck by what we have in common. We may use different languages, different vocal techniques, different styles, but we are united in our use of this great sound-making machine, this giant palette of sonic colour and its potential to somehow change our perception of the world. And she finishes with, Learn more about this wonderful instrument you were born to use, Put your fears behind you and go make some noise.
0: I love that quote.
1: It's so inspirational. And it's
0: really the reason, in a way, that we wrote the book at all. Because Mm. um, you'll know if you've heard one of our very first podcasts about the book, which is going back a couple of years. Mm. I think it was series one, episode two, something like that. um, That we were originally just asked to write the exercises for the classical singing section. And immediately we said, well, no, we'd like to write for across the board in the singing world, because that's what we do. We, we coach cross-genre all the time. And so I went to the meeting originally just to um, pitch for the, just the singing things. And then when I heard what the book was going to be about, I went, oh, I want to write everything. I want to write all of it. Love ventriloquism. Been sort of uh, dabbling with it for years. Love the idea of beatboxing. Don't know anything about it, but I'm sure we can research. So I came home and I said to Gillian, um we're writing the whole book. And she went, what?
1: You what? <laughs> You've just committed to that. And it was a real learning journey, wasn't it? it was. And I'm so glad we did it. It was. Now we've got another lovely uh, quote from the foreword, haven't we? Yes,
0: this was Stephen Conner, who is the Grace Two Professor of English at the University of Cambridge. And he wrote the introduction to the book. Mm. And he says this. A voice is like a face in that it is the most intimate and characteristic thing about each of us to which we pay careful attention. And like faces, if our voices can be called windows to the soul, it's because we cannot fully own, know, or govern them. Love that one.
1: Now, there's a reason why he says this, which I think is interesting.
0: It's also very relevant to precisely what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. We live in an age in which voices are constantly being recorded so that they can be kept and then called up at will, like books being selected from a shelf in the library. We might therefore be forgiven for occasionally forgetting that the voice is always an active exertion, that voices are always being voiced.
1: I think there's something else he said, and I'm just going to paraphrase it because I think it's, it's interesting, which is he talks about how what others see from, and it's interesting he uses the word see, what others see isn't what we see yes. in our voice. We don't hear our voice as others hear it.
0: That's very true. Anybody who has recorded their own voice, even on an answer phone message mm-hmm. and gone, do I really sound like that?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Can be um. horrified. Okay. We, have, we asked some people um, yeah. who've used the book what they liked about it, and it was really interesting talking about the beatboxing section. That does seem to be a really popular section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Welsh on Facebook said, I use the beatboxing exercises as a way into improving articulation, mm-hmm. clarity, efficiency, and economy in patter songs. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that Chris is doing those things because – I'm a Patterson singer, and I love that you can sing incredibly fast words really clearly, and the beatboxing really helps that. It's one of these bizarre side effects.
1: Mm, I mean, I love that there's that sort of interface mm. between um, a musical skill, because that's what beatboxing is, you know, it's, it's playing percussion with your voice. Totally. Between that musical skill and then taking that into a singing skill. So it's interface between speaking and singing.
0: And Kelly Young has said the same thing, which is, yes, the beatboxing. It reminds me, where were we Finland
1: Orland island the olland islands, islands the olland
0: islands in finland and we were doing master classes there and there was a 15 minute section where i don't know whether i was actually prompted to improvise it or something mm-hmm. but it was i did a 15 minute presentation on beatboxing exercises and how you start to build sequences mm. uh, specifically <laughs> for the uh, staff and also for the students and of course the students were far better at it than i was. They could all
1: do it much faster.
0: Absolutely fine. But it's such a fun thing to teach adults who don't normally beatbox mm. to find out how you create those sounds. Mm. Fantastic. Um, Now, it's interesting that it's not always specific exercises that people focus in on. They love the whole book itself. Mm. And um, Claire Chandler has said, I haven't got my copy to hand to identify specific exercises, but we use it lots in the University of Wolverhampton. Mm.
1: It's on their curriculum, isn't it? And
0: we're finding this, that people in universities are starting to adopt the book as uh, curriculum aids. And in fact, I've got a recording from Naomi Shulker. Just let me play that one
1: hi jillianne and jeremy it's naomi shulker in cornwall um i don't have the best bit lots of best bits what i did want to say is that i have managed to get it into the library um at falmouth university which is kind of cool and use it on two different modules um across two different degrees um which is also cool i just wanted to share that with you it's even made it down here and it's in becoming, I mean, determined it becomes common usage. Lots of love.
0: I love that, Naomi. Thank Mm. you. And it's really interesting. If anybody is using it in their university or in their uh, theatre school, just let us know because we really want to know. That book has gone around the world Mm. and we are still, I think it's six years later, in the top... 10 of music education books and voice books on Amazon.
1: And it's been translated into Russian, hasn't it? It has. I would so love to hear some of those exercises demonstrated in Me Russian.
0: too. Mm. If anybody's a Russian speaker and can get hold of a copy, please send us a recording. Um, so, and now here is somebody, and this is really interesting because one of the, you know, we are known for working with singers and we're Mm. known for working with singing teachers, but we also work with spoken voice. We work with voiceover artists. I coach voiceover artists. Mm. I coach presenters in presentation skills. Mm. And I'm so pleased because this is a brand new person for us. Mm. Uh, This is Liz Hassack, And I just want to play what Liz Mm. says.
1: Hi, Liz here. Just starting out in voiceover. Your book is an amazing resource. Love the toothbrush technique to separate lips and tongue movement from the jaw movement.
0: Liz, I love that you are so concise. Thank Very succinct. You for that.
1: Now, Jeremy, one of the things we said we were going to do yeah. was we were actually going to demonstrate these exercises. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, if you want to have some fun, some visual fun as well, um, you, you're going to need to go to
0: the YouTube channel. Some
1: of our YouTube uh, snippets.
0: Uh, YouTube channel slash, youtube.com slash vocal process.
1: So there are two exercises that we're going to do. You're going to do the first, I'll do the second. Yeah, I mean,
0: we actually have two toothbrush exercises. I know exactly the one that Liz is talking about, Mm -hmm. which is number 10, Toothbrush Talk, and that's on page 59 of the book.
1: We are armed and dangerous. We
0: are, so we have our toothbrushes.
1: And can I just tell people, if you do try this exercise out, you sometimes need one of these, a box of tissues.
0: Absolutely. So um, I'm just going to read this. What page are we on, Jeremy? We're on page 59.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Many people use their jaw, tongue and lips as one unit, which isn't using your mouth to its full potential. Mm. This exercise helps you to separate your lips and tongue movements from your jaw movements. And we do see this a lot. We actually see it particularly in singers, where they think in order to make sound or do good diction, you have to start involving the jaw. And that's actually not the case.
1: Mm. So
0: if you have a... I mean, I'm going to say if you have a finger. Well, of course you have a finger. Make sure it's your own Make sure it's clean. Put it in your mouth. We have toothbrushes because it's called toothbrush Toothbrush talk. is a better
1: way to do it yeah. for all sorts of reasons.
0: So you put the toothbrush or your finger in one side of your mouth and hold it steady with your back teeth. Now, you don't want to bite it hard, but you do want to hold it steady. And then you say these three vowels. OO, air. eh OO, ah eh Anybody on YouTube will see that my toothbrush moved.
1: And um, what does it say in the book?
0: It says, do not move the toothbrush.
1: <laughs> it's sh- it shunted over to one side, isn't it? Isn't, did, it? isn't yeah. that interesting?
0: So it says, um, say the vowels, ooh, ah, and air. Eh, your lips and tongue can move to create the vowels, but the toothbrush must stay still. So let's try can that we try again. again? Mm. Yeah. There we go. Ooh, ah, air. Eh. Rock steady.
1: Ste- and what's good about this exercise is that, as Jeremy said earlier, often we don't separate the action of the the jaw, the tongue, and the lips. And so um, maybe our students will be doing eh, e, ah. Yeah. Obviously, we do move the lips when we do ooh, uh, but. It's sometimes very hard to raise awareness of the tongue movement. Now, by having the toothbrush in the mouth and therefore keeping the jaw space fairly still, also your tongue is going to touch the toothbrush. You're going to raise awareness that the tongue is the major shaper of the vowel space inside the mouth.
0: Absolutely. So you start speaking and then you keep your jaw still and the toothbrush steady. If the toothbrush moves up and down, you are using your jaw to speak and you don't need to. Right. And then you repeat it with the other side of the mouth because we need symmetry. And then with the toothbrush in the center. So and we have some actually lovely drawings in the book. Um, really pleased with those drawings.
1: Yep. Sorry, I'm getting a bit excited, and I keep interrupting you, Jeremy. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean the,
0: the illustrations and the layout design was Brett Siffert uh, did a fantastic job, and the concept and the collage designer was Marianne Deer.
1: Okay, so let's talk about um, speaking effectively, and we're going to be talking about an exercise called toothbrush intelligibility.
0: We should say that because the book is divided up into sections, and mm. that first one, the um, mm. mm. R. Exercise comes from the warm-up, and now we're into the section on speaking effectively, so this is slightly more advanced. Mm, mm. And this is, for those of you who want it, it's exercise number 25, page 83.
1: Now, wish me luck, everybody, (laughs) because I had a little practice earlier, and I... Pretty much bombed, didn't I? Let
0: me just read the bits out before you start. Mm -hmm. Clear speech means you can communicate ideas and observations better. This exercise forces you to work the muscles of articulation energetically and helps to create space in the mouth for clear vowels. Practice this in the morning or when you're getting ready to go out. Use a toothbrush without paste to brush the chewing surface of your molars on one side of your mouth and then the other. So unlike the first exercise where I was holding the toothbrush with my teeth, Gillianne is going to be moving the toothbrush.
1: Mm. Okay, we're ready. We have a phrase for you. Sarah Perry was a veterinary nurse who had been working daily at an old zoo in a deserted district of the Territory.
0: You have to go onto YouTube and watch that. It is a complete joy visually.
1: Sarah Perry was a veterinary nurse who had been working daily at an old zoo in a deserted district of the Territory.
0: Very good.
1: you know what's so interesting about this? I mean, I was suddenly uh, raised awareness of the consonants that gave me problems like the V and the Z, and I had to work much harder with them. Yes. But not only did it improve the way I was thinking about my consonants, but I found more space inside my mouth. Yes, Well, there we go. I hope you find that useful. And, of course, you can do it with uh, singing as well, but we might do that another time, mightn't we?
0: Um, And that's Comma Gets a Cure. That's an excerpt from Comma Gets a Cure, which is a very well-known piece of text because it contains every sound in the English language.
1: every phoneme. Yeah, somewhere in
0: there. And that is 2000, Douglas N. Honoroff, Jill McCulloch and Barbara Somerville.
1: Yeah, you can just type, just Google...
0: we use it a lot. Comma
1: gets a cure.
0: Uh, C-O-M-M-A, comma, as in the punctuation. Love that as an exercise. So those are two exercises that we can take you through. Mm. And the idea with um, toothbrush intelligibility is you do it with the toothbrush first. Then you take the to- toothbrush out of your mouth. I, can't, I knew I was going to have problems with Practice with a toothbrush. Toothbrush. Um, you take the toothbrush. There you go. Can't do it. Not at speed. You take the toothbrush out of your mouth. And you say the sentence again, but keeping the same feeling of the space that you've already found. And then you go to something that might feel more natural. But again, that sense of space will stay with you.
1: I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just sort of back referring to the idea of using beatboxing Mm -hmm. to um, work with articulation as preparation for a patter song. But Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering about, you know, if you've got this... Another hundred people just got off of the train. Another hundred people just got off of the train. Yep. Another hundred people just got off of the train. Yep. I think that could be super useful.
0: Could also work for classical if you're mm. doing, mm, when you're lying awake with a dismal headache and reposes to boot by anxiety. When you're lying awake with a dismal headache and reposes to boot by anxiety. Which is the nightmare song from Gilbert and Sullivan's, uh, what is it? Radical? Is it Radical? <gasps> Can't remember. We better That's check that shocking. one out.
1: Um, another nice. hundred. Can people? I just say? Can
0: I just say? I am. I was the rehearsal pianist for the Doily Cart Opera Company doing Gilbert and Sullivan. So the fact that I don't know that is really shocking. We're
1: doing a lot of task switching here. Another hundred people just got off the train. Comes from. Wait. Sometime. Sometime. Yes. I think it's company.
0: We're going to have to look that one up no. as well. That's hilarious. Okay. So epic fail. Actually, this is the end of the Series 4. This is Series 4, mm. Episode 11 mm. of the podcast. Uh, we're going to take a short break because it is, in fact, my 160th birthday on Monday. And I know I don't look a day over you 140. Lied to me. I know. We've got that. We've got Easter. We're going away for a little short break. So we're going to start Series 5 in May. And in Series 5, we're going to be doing more of this. So it's going to be based around the exercises in This Is the Voice Although the, the book says 99 exercises, there's actually about 120. Yes, and we produced
1: in, a lot more, didn't we? Well,
0: in fact, we wrote 150 exercises mm. for the book first draft and a lot of them got cut. So one of the things that we're going to share with you is some of the exercises that got cut, uh, what they are, how you do them and why they got cut. Mm. And this is going to be the, the process. We're still going to do the long interview type podcasts, the longer chat podcasts, but they're going to be interspersed with these this is a voice golden nugget type things.
1: Do you want me to tell people about who's coming for interviews or should we leave that until we start <sighs> series five?
0: Ooh, Shall we dangle the carrot in front of them and then whisk it away? Now go mm. on, tell them.
1: Okay, so here's, here's a few of them that have already been agreed, although not necessarily dates, Um, Kate Frazier-Neely yeah, yeah. is going to talk to us about the book itself. And we'll also be talking to Kate about why she is more than just the menopause lady. <laughs> and we're also going to be talking to Tor Spence of VoiceFit. And um, Tor is a fan of coughing.
0: Mm, that's going to be an interesting Conversation.
1: Absolutely. And she's going to be talking to us about cough syndrome and and, uh, how she deals with coughing. Excellent. In her voice clinic. And she's also going to be talking to us about acid reflux, which is so important for all people who are performers. Loving that. Uh, We are going to be talking to Petra Brzezinski of Singing Sense. Great. Haven't got a theme to share with you yet, but those of you who follow Petra will know the kind of work that she does, which is an interface between her skills as a psychotherapist and also a singing teacher. I really, really want to talk with um, our Aussie pal, Dr. Marissa Lee Naismith, because her book is recently out on training contemporary commercial singers. Like and her podcast, if you haven't uh, checked it out, is A Voice and Beyond. Yep. Nope. And I am also plotting a collegial conversation with our other Aussie pal, Dr Irene Bartlett.
0: That'll be fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and by the way, you'll also get um, excerpts of us wittering away between us. Uh, so you've got that to look forward to. LAUGHTER <laughs> Now, you've got to go on the YouTube channel again just to see the look that I got (laughs) from Gillianne from that sentence.
1: I hope you're not letting that out. (laughs) I am. Okay. Now, there are two things I want to flag up. And one is the inspiration of the week. But in a way, this is another one because of World Voice Day. And it's absolutely worth your while going to worldvoiceday.org. And just reading the intro here from uh, three colleagues... Uh, Mara Bellau, Mauro Fiuca, and Thais Vaiano. Vian- I hope I pronounced that correctly. And just reading the intro, Dear Friends in Love with the Human Voice. And one thing that I want you to know is that there is a collection of voice research articles that have been made available to us until the end of September, open source, made available at the request of the Voice Foundation from Elsevier Publishing. And these are well worth your checking out.
0: That is amazing.
1: I think that's fantastic. So thank you, uh, Journal of Voice, and to Elsevier Publishing. Yes. And then we've got a little inspiration of our own that we want to share with you. And it's actually an audio that you're going to hear at the end of this podcast. Like, Like many couples who run their own businesses, we are often brainstorming when we go for a walk. Yes, And that's what we were doing today. And we would just love to share with you this sort of it's, it's quite a long golden nugget, isn't it? it it's two mm. minutes. Mm. I mean,
0: we recorded it this morning while we are on the walk mm. uh, up into the local hill. And uh, so, first of all, I want to apologise for a little bit of microphone noise um, and wind noise against the microphone. It, it because-
1: was just done on the phone.
0: Yep. Um, you also need a little bit of background about this. We have just this. This week finished teaching the online singing teacher training week three, mm-hmm. which is the gateway into the accreditation program. Mm. And uh, lots of fascinating things came up on that course. And there was one thing particularly that we do on the course, which is the brain dump. Mm. When, a, when you first hear a singer, when a singer steps into your studio for the first time and you're giving them the first lesson and you are listening for what it is that they do really well, mm-hmm. what it is that they could improve and what really needs work. And so you're already, your brain is completely full of ideas that you could go with. And the brain dump is a very quick technique that you can do, get all of those things out and start sorting. And we had a, a sort of comment from one of the people on uh, on the, the course, which is how do you speed up the brain dump? Because when you first do it, it's quite involved. But we are now so used to doing it that we just do it almost automatically.
1: Should we just... Let them listen to it as a finishing off point for today's podcast. Yes.
0: Uh, How do you speed up the brain dump process? And the answer is that you do broad categories, what's jumping out at me? And then you take a category that you think is important and you, you break it down and you go, are there three or four things that are jumping out at me within this category? um why you end up is with usually two possible things and it could be two categories or it could be two subdivisions of a category Mm. and you you actually say there are two things that i can do i'm not sure which one to go with let's start with this one which covers your ass and um also helps them to understand that if they get it wrong or it doesn't work it's not their problem it's yours
1: Can I just add something? It would be quite nice to reference the British Voice Association, given that my chat is going to come out quite soon, Um, which is that when we did the masterclass for Choice for Voice, Louise Gibbs asked us, what is your process? Because I can see there is a process there. Yes. Well, this is it and we 're going to be sharing um, some mind maps from ostt three aren 't we in um, some of our social media over the next few weeks
0: If you can 't decide first time through don 't just jump in, ask more questions, so or get them to sing it again so that you can focus in on just those two things but I only have 20 minutes with them I can't just keep on asking questions and the answer is yes you can because a lesson is not about packing in as much stuff as possible it's not about you giving quotes value for money it's actually about how the singer feels and how whether they feel that they have something to work with and whether they've been instructed well and they know what the instructions are so actually it's only about how does the singer feel leaving the room And And therefore, you can do 19 minutes of questions and one minute of incredibly targeted fix and they will leave happy.
1: And isn't it the case, Jeremy, that we consistently get feedback from people who've been on our training courses that they say, I've started to focus in on one thing that I've pulled out of the brain dump and I've noticed that my students are much, much happier when they leave and they actually tell me that? Yes, One thing that could give you a better experience of your voice.
0: And one thing that can give your students a better experience of their voice.
1: World Voice Day.
0: This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr Gillian Kayes and Jeremy
1: Fisher.